Hello and welcome to The Aside, a podcast for teachers and students of drama. I'm Nick Waxman and today you'll be treated to part three of our interview with John Bell, director of the opera Madame Butterfly by Puccini, which is presented by Opera Australia. This production is on the Unit 4 Theatre Studies playlist for 2018, and so the questions aim to assist students and teachers in understanding John Bell's vision and direction. This is part three of the interview, so if you haven't listened to the first two interviews, I encourage you to go back and have a listen to them. Please note that this was not recorded in our studio, and so the audio quality is slightly lower than usual. But please do enjoy part three of our interview with John Bell. You mentioned this was going to be quite a naturalistic opera. How are the actors going to portray their characters in this production? It'll be easy for the American characters, who are really uh, there's um, Pinkerton himself, there's Sharpless, who's the American consul, and there's uh, Kate, who's Pinkerton's American wife, who comes right at the end. The rest are all supposed to be Japanese characters. Um, when I did this before, the first time I directed it, I had a Japanese um, movement advisor. She actually had trained as a, a geisha herself, um, and uh, so she knew all the protocol. She knew the choreography, the movements, um, the um, sort of um, manners and courtesies and so on that go with handling a kimono and how you serve tea and how you acknowledge your lord and master, all that sort of stuff. So um, hopefully I'll get someone similar this time to teach all the, uh, all the Japanese characters the correct behaviour uh, and deportment and, and gesturing um, because uh, A, it's authentic, but be also we have to honour the culture we're presenting and not sort of just do something a vague kind of guess. Oh, that's kind of Japanese, isn't it? We've got to be more respectful, I think, of the tradition and say let's be make make, make it as authentic as we can. That, that that's an important obligation, I think. This is a naturalistic opera, but are you planning on there being any interaction between the actors and the audience? I think not. No, it's it's not that sort of opera. It's it's quite formal in its structure. So when I mention Pinkerton might throw lollies to the kids, that'll be just simply on the stage, you know, to sort of get rid of them, so scoot, get out of here, sort of stuff. Um, no, I think there aren't many operas of this period that were meant to interact with the audience because um, they were written to be performed in very large theatres behind proscenium arches and you had a big orchestra pit between the singers and the audience. So even though they might address the audience through arias and monologues and so on, there was no... Um, interaction, unless of course the audience were throwing vegetables, um, which they often did in, <laughs> in, in Italy, and uh, they're still a very a very vocal audience. They will boo and hiss if they don't like a singer. Uh, Italian audiences do tend to react uh, very strongly. Okay, uh, that's great. So yeah. it will actually be naturalistic, not just in the style as you mentioned, but it will actually be naturalistic in that sense of there being a fourth wall. But there are narrated moments. No, no, it's very much a fourth wall piece. Okay. Yeah, yes. Okay. There's no kind of um, direct address to the audience. No, okay. no. Even through song? Not, not to the audience. No, he might be singing, singing about love or how how much in love I am or something. Or she might be singing something similar. Uh, but it's never to the audience. It's either to themselves as an interior monologue or it's to other characters on stage. The audience isn't really acknowledged in this form of theatre. How have you used stagecraft to draw the focus or attention of the audience? That is, can only be done by the, the staging, um, the way you choreograph the piece. You say, this is where you have to look now, and that's where you have to look now. And sometimes that can be done with lighting, of course. That's the simplest, most obvious way of doing it. But hopefully, 
the characters themselves dictate where you're going to look, uh, what's important, who's who's dominating the scene, and who is simply um, you know observing it. And in this piece uh, that is set in Japan, uh, written in Italian, spoken in English, <laughs> uh, how important is language in this piece, uh, or in the in the play script, in the actual script, how important is the language, uh, and how have you used that language to convey your intended meaning? The language is uh, as colloquial and natural as possible, um, especially for the American characters. Uh, the, the Japanese are written a little more, um, I suppose the way um, the Italian author would have thought Japanese might speak. So he's trying to imitate the sort of formality of Japanese speech, getting the occasional word wrong or being very formal in the way they address the um, American characters. So there is a differentiation in the way the, the Japanese characters speak and the way the American characters speak. Um, and in this case, the only consideration I've had to really um, be aware of is that it has to be easy to sing. So you have to have open vowels, for instance, you can't have a long phrase. But, you know, with a glottal stop. But got, yeah, exactly, or lots of, lots of um, plosives or, you know. So we've had to sort of, in translating it, be careful, make aware that it's easy to sing and that it makes sense when it's sung and the audience can hear clearly what is being sung. But the language itself is pretty simple. You, you, there's not much room in, in, say, in musical comedies or in opera for elaborate or complicated text. You just can't do it. So when you do a Shakespeare opera, you lose about nine-tenths of the, the, the language and the beauty of the language and the complexity and ambiguity and... Um, you know, all that, but you get a very simplified version of what, of what the audience basically is the story with a, with a Shakespeare opera. And I mean, if we're talking about Shakespeare operas, if we're talking to the right person about how to communicate that, there will be many students, this is their first opera. Mm -hmm. There's maybe many students, this is their first heightened language piece. Right. How, how might you suggest they, they prepare to come and see your, your piece or be ready? To understand that. With, with Madame Butterfly, I think the only thing I would suggest is listen to the music because the story is very simple, it's very self explanatory, the language is very easy, um, but the music is wonderful. And of course, if you're not used to listening to opera, then it takes a bit of getting used to. And at first, it might sound you just don't know what, what to make of it. But if you listen to it three or four times, and the, you know, or more often still, it does grow on you, and the tunes become really very, very uh, familiar. And uh, you realise how um, how dramatic it is, and how it's not just um, a number of songs. It's got a dramatic structure and impulse, and um, it's always appropriate to what's happening on the stage. So that is my only suggestion: listen to the music. Final question, Mr. John Bell: How have you worked with the lighting designer, set designer, costume designer, actors, and directors? What kind of relationship have you had with the with the team? to bring this piece together? Um, I, I like working very closely with all the creative team and for quite a long lead time. So we have time to um, really, really talk about it, throw out our ideas, um, come back a week later and change our ideas, but really talk around it a lot and what we're trying to achieve, what the piece means to us. Uh, so um, the designer, unfortunately, um, uh, Jenny Tate died before the production opened, which was a great shame because it's a lovely design. She never got to see it realised and she had a particular affection for Japan and used to travel to Japan all, all the time and she understood Japanese culture very well. So that's very clear in her costume designs and set design. 
and it's a great, great tragedy that you never got to see it. But, uh, but fortunately, we had a, a friend of hers was able to step in and realise the designs and see them through to their execution. Um, but uh, we, we did talk a lot about uh, what the piece meant to us and what we were trying to achieve with the audience. And then, of course, um, we have to involve the, uh, the music director and conductor in those discussions so that um, we're not going to be sort of competing or contradicting uh, what, the, what the music has to do. And uh, the lighting person comes in perhaps a little bit later because um, they're talking in abstract until they see the set and costumes, they don't know what they're going to be lighting. So once that's got a pretty good idea of what we're heading for, then you bring in the lighting person to say, you know, how's this going to work? And are we using the right kind of fabrics and et cetera, et cetera? And is this going to be suitable for a, a big regional tour? Supplementary final question. What is going to be your biggest challenge for this production? As I understand it, um, we'll have 11 singers um, and 11 musicians in the pit, and then we'll bring up 20 children in each place. So, right. And it's quite a small space, so my biggest challenge will be to fit all those people into that little space. <laughs> it's going to be quite a challenge, I think. We've only had 11 there before, and now we're going to have you know, 31 of them on, <laughs> on the same space. We shall see. We shall see. <laughs> okay, well, uh, thank you very, very much for your time My today. great pleasure. That is uh, the end of our interview with John Bell on Madam Butterfly, but Mr. John Bell was very generous and he gave us 10 minutes on working with Shakespeare, so you might want to find that episode in the bank as well. John Bell's production of Madam Butterfly, presented by Opera Australia, will be touring from the 13th of July to the 4th of September at various venues around Victoria. Please contact the venues for more information or go to Opera Australia's website, which is opera.org.au. Thank you to Eltham College for letting us record here, and thank you to Aaron Searle for providing the music. Please do not hesitate in emailing us a question at asidepodcast at outlook.com. Thanks for listening.